Welcome to The Bridge. Fun conversations on culture, life, and everything in between. Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Bridge. We are a show that connects East and West. My name is Jason, and welcome to The Bridge. I am in beautiful Wuhan, China. I am originally from California in the U.S., and today I am with Bebe and Morris. Find us where you get your podcasts. If you like the show, then consider pushing the like button or giving us five stars. Suggestions, comments, anything you would like to share, email us at welovethebridge at gmail.com. We love the bridge. Baby, you know, Morris is a new friend of the show, originally from Hong Kong, now living in Beijing, who's lived all over the world, will be joining us today. Morris has a long and prestigious background as an international businessman, and will be helping shed light on the intricacies of Chinese fine dining and drinking in a formal setting. <laughs> Hi, Jason. Hi, Morris. Hello. <laughs> Hello, Bebe. And this is Bebe from Beijing. Where are you, Morris? I'm actually in Beijing. Really? And what's the accent? Is it from? Is it British accent? <laughs> uh, well, I I did spend a lot of time in the UK, but I I've been oh. I've been back in in the region for so long, and I've been working mainly for North American companies. So, my accent mm-hmm. is probably now Mid Atlantic. <laughs> Still sound pretty classy. <laughs> <laughs> You're making me blush. Yeah. <laughs> Our topic today is actually drinking and dining etiquette. I created this topic、mm. as an American because I noticed、mm. one of the first things I noticed coming to China was how things are different. Like、mm-hmm. if I'm in America and I'm cheering with my friend, we just clink glasses,、mm. clink. But in China, it's much more complicated. So, like if I, if I'm older or if I make more money or if I have a very respectable job versus the person in my peer group, suddenly I cheer at a higher point. Or if I, you know, conversely, if I'm younger or if I'm cheering with my uncle or father、oh. or something, I cheer at a lower point. So the the where the glasses meet each other is differentiated、hmm. by like a hierarchy of like social status and age in China, and that's not something I.、Hmm. That exists in America, but I've been to plenty of dining where people do this in in China, and I, so things like this. I was hoping to elaborate more for our, our Western audience because I think a lot of them would be interested in, you know, how you know social etiquette might be a little bit different in these kinds of situations. How you clink glasses, <laughs> Morris? You must know more about this. Yeah, I don't drink, so Jason brought up a, a very good point there. Because if you had a, a formal banquet with、uh, customers, or you know, or, or you're meeting somebody important and so on, yeah,、mm-hmm. you do have to pay a little bit of attention to that. But I think culture and and social behavior changes very quickly in China. So it's it's、mm. not not a big deal if you、mm. clink your glass lower than some guy. Who is obviously、uh, has, has a higher status? Right. Yeah, they especially as a foreigner, they wouldn't take offense. Exactly.、Well, a lot of my experience, I, I think you're right. Absolutely, I've had people <laughs> tell me that too. But a lot of my experience has been based around going out with、um, my wife's uncle, and、oh. oftentimes, you know, there are some you know people there that are of、uh, you know、That's、different status different. that、yeah. actually matter. They're、That's、not just、true. like your coworkers or whatever. And so, in, in those situations, I notice them. They're like, "How old are you?" And I'm like, "Uh, why?" And so, so they they literally ask me,、right. "Where should I clink、uh, my glass?"、Wow. And so. <laughs> 
I see. And Jason's like, "What are you talking about?" Yeah, actually, from my my own experience, <laughs> the the more uh, important you know the higher status a person has, he probably mm, you know mm. care less about this sort of thing the higher their status. But you're you're right. I mean, if you are in in a business environment, it's always good to to understand some of the uh, the mm. basics so that uh, you at least show respect. Right. It's very rare that people will take offense because you didn't you know, clink you, your glasses, you, you, you right? Didn't, or other <laughs> other dinner etiquette. And sometimes you know <laughs> right. their colleagues uh, or their subordinates will will be very helpful and, and remind you. another example of the, what I'm talking mm-hmm. about. In America, you pour for yourself. In China, I notice people will oftentimes pour tea or alcohol for each other. Right, right, right. So whoever's sitting next to you, if your glass starts to get a little empty, mm-hmm. they will fill it back up for you. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. That, that's, that's a cultural thing. Yeah. Yeah. It happens. That's everywhere. so common that we don't really notice this anymore. Mm-hmm. Let's say if I go somewhere with my younger cousin, mm-hmm. Then to someone's house or someone comes over, then I naturally assume the responsibility of taking care of the guests, mm. at least most of it. I would be the one to initiate, you know, bringing out the dishes, making sure they have tea. But if I'm the younger person, if I go with my older cousin, then she is supposed to take on that role. This is not like up for discussion. Like it's just <laughs> yep. something that happens naturally. Mm-hmm. And I think that not just for dining, but for pretty much everything else, you know, there is a age hierarchy. Oh, yeah. Even casual dining in the south of China and in Hong Kong. Mm. Yeah. When we go for dim sum. Yeah. yeah that That's actually a, a good hint for for our, our Western friends. <laughs> if you're going out to, to lunch with, with a group of your friends and, and they keep pouring you tea mm. and, and you've actually drank enough, just leave it. Right. Mm. As long as your cup is full, oh, they exactly. won't refill it. But <laughs> and- yeah. If you think I'm being polite, they pour me a cup of tea, I've got to drink it. It yeah. just keeps then going. As soon as you empty, yeah, it just keeps coming. Yeah. So stop drinking if you've had enough tea. Something else I want to mention that the best etiquette at a Chinese dinner, um, especially like in someone's house, the best etiquette is just to enjoy your food. Um, that's like, mm, mm, if you enjoy mm. your food, yes. like you, they honestly, they can see that you're happy, that you like the food. That's the best compliment. And the other things are just mm. so minor. It doesn't really matter yeah. anymore. <laughs> so. you know, but from, yeah. from an American yeah, perspective, this is a little bit unusual. Let me give you another example. So far, all of the examples, I think people in the West would be like, oh, yeah, that's cute. That's, you know, I like that or mm-hmm. whatever. Another one for some people might be concerning is people put food on your uh. plate. So this is in, in, the, in America, you order your food typically. 
And that's your plate. Right. <laughs> now it's like, you know, the holy ground of this one person and you eat it. In China, I notice, you know, not only do people put food on the plate, but sometimes people eat food off of your plate. And like, it's if you buy a dish, a dish, exactly. If you buy a dish in America, that's like, okay, I wanted tamales or whatever. That's my dish of tamales. Whereas in China, it's like, great, you ordered tamales. This is going to be Let great for everybody. Yeah. And then they, they just automatically share, which is which is really great. I've gotten used to it. Uh -huh. But I know that a, a lot of people might not adjust as well as others <laughs> right. to this like sharing. Cult. You have this, what is it called? A lazy Susan, yeah. the giant right. glass spinning uh, vehicle for food. And everyone shares. So everyone has a little bit of everything, which is healthy and social. And, you know, I think it's very cute. Mm -hmm. But for some people like coming from the United United States that might be you know like uh why my did he touch okay, my food you? or you know well I, that's the topic <laughs> I was gonna bring up mm -hmm. and it, it's great that you brought that up I, I think for for our western audience you you have to understand something that's uh, fundamentally different uh, about how a Chinese meal is is organized uh, from a western meal because mm -hmm. in in the west right you you have your own plate right food mm -hmm. is prepared and then mm. you take whatever food onto your own plate before consuming mm. it uh in mm. china is not quite like that right so you each have your own bowl of rice and if, if soup is being served you have your own bowl of soup but the rest mm. of the food is actually communal right it's all <laughs> on plates served in in the middle of the the dinner table and everybody hmm. everybody takes whatever they they like or they want they need from from mm. the this communal uh, plates of, of food so if you're going out to a restaurant like a, a casual lunch with a colleague and you sit down and you decide to to order different plates yeah it, it's actually not unusual for you to to, to share your food I was saying we're not we don't really think of as sharing my dish like there's no such thought. Let's say if I order um, mm -hmm. a plate of uh, tomatoes and eggs, that's, you know, I order mm -hmm. because I like it, but I'm also ordering for everybody else. That's right. There is no right. like there's no such thought from yep. the very beginning of this is my dish. But Jason, no one will take your rice <laughs> or yep. the bowl of soup. <laughs> that's like, right. That's, that's given that that's yours. That's Everything right. else is up for share. Yep. And I don't know if you guys mm. have ever come across this video. It was like one of the, um, it went viral <laughs> a few years ago when it first came out. I think it must have been, been like a tourist group, like of all foreigners. Maybe. Okay. Maybe it's a tourist group with, um, the Chinese tour guide, a lady. So they're at this dinner and someone shot this video of every foreigner has this whole plate in front of him or herself. Like this foreigner mm. would have an entire fish <laughs> like laying on yeah. the plate in front of him and, <laughs> and this person awkwardly trying to use chopsticks. And another person would have like a whole chicken <laughs> in front of yeah. him. And then like eight or ten of these, another person, a, a plate of like spicy tofu or something. And then the video that the camera rolls and uh, finally to this Chinese lady like stuck with <laughs> some like poor plate of vegetables with the saddest look on her face. <laughs> yep. She probably ordered she, last because she realized that other people have ordered chicken and fish. So she better order some vegetables. <laughs> I know. <laughs> right. All the good dishes have been taken. And then she's stuck with this one plate and the looks in her eyes. She was like, 
she couldn't say anything. It, was this a TikTok video? Yeah, it was like it was a real thing. I think someone just at the dinner thought it was really funny. <laughs> yeah, and this shot is it. exactly what I was referring to because you know a Chinese meal is structured very differently from a Western meal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and also I want to mention something. Some uh, as Morris mentioned, uh, social changes like years ago. Well, we had these family dinners, like everybody would just take whatever they want with their own chopsticks.、Mm. Um, but now in recent years, some very good and sanitary change development is that we've started using communal chopsticks and spoons to get food from these、uh, communal dishes. So no one actually, like no. Uh, saliva changes. <laughs> yeah, but that, that's the theory, baby. You know, after three rounds of drink, everybody forgets. Yeah, sometimes if you go, really, yeah,、oh, if you、no. go, if you go to a nice restaurant, they will actually prepare two pairs of chopsticks for every place、mm. setting. Usually,、mm-hmm. uh, a, a, a white or ivory color pair and a black pair, so、mm. that you can tell the difference. And it's up to you which pair you want to use to to feed yourself. Yeah, the, the pair. That goes into your、I、mouth,、see. and the other pair、right. you're supposed to use to to get food from the communal <laughs> dish. But from experience, after three rounds of drinks, everybody forgets that that、really? nobody nobody really minds anymore. But but yeah, that that's a thing. Yeah, yeah. Okay, but I think in general,、um, it's a good it's a good direction, right? It's a good development. It's better、yeah. for everybody,、yeah. especially especially you know the、uh, the pandemic time. So、yeah. that's something that you know you don't have to worry as much as before. Going for a bicycle ride around the town, so that'll be something I'm looking forward to. Nice, right? Nice. Yeah. Maybe get some good food.、Uh, possibly. I'm trying to cut back, though. You know, I've had a lot of good food lately. Cutting back. I'm saying cutting back on good food in Wuhan is difficult. Yeah, yeah. It has so much to offer, right? From snacks to like noodles and just things you don't know the name of, <laughs> and to nice restaurants. There's just so many choices.、Um, You're yum, absolutely yum, yum. right. Yeah. Okay. Anyhow, I'm gonna hold back. <laughs> yeah, rugamian has been a, a particularly challenge. Not ordering it as often as I would like to. Oh, really? One of one of my favorite as well. Yeah, it's delicious. Hot dry noodles for those in the states, but it's it's、mm. really really good. It has like a peanut buttery kind of flavor. It's not exactly. Peanut butter, but it's it's sesame, Jason. The sesame.、That's, I don't know. I don't that, know. Listen, that's the essence of rogamian. That's the spiritual <laughs> essence like, of rogamian. I actually asked my boss, who is a Wuhan person, hey, you know, what's the best like rogamian place in the city to go to? And she's like, oh, let me get back to you. And then, like a week later, she gave me a printed list. Of about thirty places to go to. <laughs> <laughs> All right.、So、I、nice. guess I, the work is. I have to do the work myself. So, oh, someone's got to do it. I <laughs>、yes. grew up、yeah. in Wuhan, so I can say a little bit about it. I mean, we treat it as a breakfast、mm. item. No, I mean, like, who eats noodles for breakfast,、mm. right? It turned out that there are a lot of people in China who eat noodles for breakfast. Like, 
people in Wuhan and also people in, um, let's say, Lanzhou, and they have ramen, mm. like nyoro ramen mm. for breakfast. Um, you can also have them in just, you know, regular restaurants, um, not like these greasy spoons, but they are never as good as the ones that are on, are on the size of the, you know, mm-hmm. street where people just go to for, you pay like less than yeah. a dollar for yeah, a I bowl. see those lines where they, yeah. like, the shop is built into the side of the building, but it's mm-hmm. like you line up on the outside of the street. There are a ton of those. Yeah, here. those yep. are good. Actually, baby, to your point, I, I grew up in Hong Kong. Mm. And uh, if you go to Hong Kong now, mm-hmm. the, the, the staple diet for breakfast, a lot of people have instant noodles in, in, in little street side cafes. So yeah. actually noodles are quite popular as a, as a breakfast uh, a dish, even in Hong Kong. Right. I mean, mm. I, uh, I've been to Hong Kong twice. And uh, one of the things you got to do is um, go to these restaurants and these tiny little restaurants. And the uh, the noodles there are so like stringy, so hard, you know. Yes, so, yes, it's yeah. made made very differently. When when they are actually doing the dough for the uh, the noodle, they they add in some kind of alkaline substance. Ah, oh, yeah. So right, right. Yeah, so exactly, harder. exactly. It's more chewy. Yeah, huh. yeah. Um, it, it not it's not only harder; it gives it a a, a particular flavor and and a texture. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it yeah. actually has a flavor to it. Mm, yeah. And the soup and the, the like the soup base is usually really good. Yeah. It's not just the noodles. You got to savor the soup too. I think I'm getting carried away. Well, a you're bit. reminding me of my one of my trips to Hong Kong. My wife and I were staying in a really small hotel and there was a place just like you guys are describing. Okay. And it's kind of like it was kind of like a really small Denny's, you know, for those are American listeners. But in st- and they had pancakes and they had eggs and they had all the stuff that like an American diner would have. But they also had and this is what I really liked. They had like ramen noodles like you know in a in a in a bowl with sausages and stuff in them and like they put eggs on top and I was like well, well, this is very interesting. I have to try this. And then after I tried it, we ate there every morning until we left. And then that when I when I think of Hong Kong, what did I like about Hong Kong? I think about this place. Oh, wow. Must be really good. <laughs> yeah, that, that that was exactly what I was mm. talking about. The the ramen is actually uh, instant noodle. Mm-hmm. It came yeah, out it, of a packet, but then they they prepare it properly. Yeah, so that is not soggy and then they add their own magic sauce to it and and mm. you know top it up with an, a fried egg or you know sausages and See, so on. Uh, you mentioned um when it comes to noodles, timing mm. is crucial. You know, it's like cereal. You know, my dad, he's a noodle person. He's from, you know, um northern part of China and they they like he needs noodles every day can't go to sleep without a bowl of noodles (laughs) Um, and he's not otherwise he's not a picky eater at all but what's most important to him is the texture Mm. of the noodles so if you leave it in it for too long it's like it ruins his day (laughs) i mean he has like the the best temperament he never gets mad but you can see how (laughs) sad he gets when his noodle gets mm. soggy, yeah, <laughs> it's like the whole day is ruined. <laughs> so I, I totally understand that sentiment because with, with noodles, that's why uh, Chinese noodles is is not a great food to socialize over because it it should be eaten quickly and and you shouldn't be distracted. Yeah, seriously, because it will get soggy mm. if you leave it in of, the bowl. Of rugamian, yeah. because it's not in water. It's already dry. Yeah. You can maybe socialize. Go Wuhan. <laughs> <laughs>
let's pivot to another topic a little bit. There's so many of these sure. to talk about that are these differences right. culturally. So another thing is whether it's fine dining or like din- dining at home with your family, there's usually only one seat that matters in the West and that's the head. And usually that goes to like the oldest person and then all the other seats, right. they don't matter at all. But in China, mm-hmm. I, I've noticed you have like a very large circular table. It usually, mm-hmm. especially at banquet times, t- I'm not talking about just like going to the, a restaurant. Most people go to a restaurant, they just sit. But I'm talking mm-hmm. about like, you know, big banquet table. The head will sit with their, the furthest from the entrance, furthest from the door. Right. And, and then mm-hmm. proceeding down the table on either side, left and right, will be the most or the oldest people or the most important people at the banquet until you get down to the people who are mm-hmm. sitting closest to the door on the other side, who are typically like the youngest people right. or... Right. Uh, yeah, yeah. So this is something that's a little bit different. And it's very interesting. I'm not saying I'm not complaining at all. I think it's it's very interesting. <laughs> you can look up the table. OK, th- you know, these are our elders. You know, they're sitting on that side. Mm-hmm. We're showing respect to them by them see- sitting in such a way. I think it's it's nice. It's it's romantic in a kind of way. But it, it's very different from the I West. can talk a little bit about that because, you know, uh, in my professional life, I'm a salesperson. So I meet customers all the time. Yeah. What Jason mm-hmm. just described, mm-hmm. it, it's uh, more important important in these uh, formal settings if you're just going out with friends and family then you know it doesn't really matter it's a round table Mm -hmm. yeah but i think jason hit most of the the major points already right when you are entertaining customers or in a in a formal event you you try to get a table that is uh, furthest away from the entrance yeah and you allow the uh, either the host or the the most honored guest to take the uh, the top place in in a circular table it sounds a bit strange but if if you've been to such a, a formal banquet <laughs> uh, a competent restaurant will actually lay out the table so that it's obvious which one is is the head seat because mm. they usually mm. fold the the napkin in, in a particular way in a different way from all the others so that you know that one mm. yeah so the way oh. that I was taught is that unless you're entertaining someone who is obviously uh, has a has a higher status than than yourself, yeah, if you're representing mm-hmm. a company or something and you're the host, you yourself normally take the head seat. Right. Mm-hmm. And then your most honored guest would be on your right. And the second honored guest would be on your left. And in an ideal situation where there's a similar number of you, you know, people from your organization to their organization, you would have mm-hmm. alternate people, right? So uh. that, you know, the, the, there's interaction going on because you have, yeah, if you put two customers together, then, you know, they're mm-hmm. talking amongst themselves. If you That's put true. one person from your organization in between, you know, the, uh, yeah. But yeah. Uh, right opposite the host, yeah, that person has a particular job. He's basically right, right. your your assistant, right? Mm-hmm. So if you mm-hmm. need anything, uh, the most important bit is at the end of the dinner, right? Because you, you, if you're the host and you're sitting at the, the head position, mm-hmm. you're furthest away from, from anything, mm-hmm. right? You're furthest mm-hmm. away from the waiters and so on. You signal him and he will go and pay the bill. Right, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, is the, what does this look, look like, baby? You just look at that person and he'll know. <laughs> it's time. <laughs> well, I would say that, you know, if, if, you, if you have a very competent assistant, right? 
then mm-hmm. you, he will you, watch you don't even need to look. He, he can judge. <laughs> well, it, it's about, uh, it's either time, right? It, it, it's lunch, you know, it's right. about time they, they got back to work or it's, if it's dinner, everybody's had enough to drink. Yeah, he, he will go and do that. Maybe for really competent assistant, <laughs> you know, he will know exactly when to go and they will be in perfect uh, harmony, right, with his boss. <laughs> yep. And then if not as competent, the the assistant might look at the boss, you know, like maybe lift his the end of his eye a little bit. Is it, is it time? Kind of asking. And then the boss might nod a little bit and then it's time. And then with like someone new, <laughs> the boss might have to look at him to signal, <laughs> right? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then for someone really new, really new to the job, the boss might have to like, you know, do something else, like a hard look. <laughs> Don't you get it? <laughs> You know, we're on another topic that I wanted to talk about, and that is paying for the bill. So, like, maybe not in this circumstance, because you're talking about a business hosting for another business, but maybe you and your friends go out or three sets of couples go out or whatever. Then there's a process in China where, well, let me talk about the U.S. first. You fight. Yeah, let's get let's get to that <laughs> second. In the, in the U.S., it might be like, okay, there's three couples. We're each going to pay for what we ordered. Or... The, mm-hmm. You do what they call like Dutch treat where every person actually individually pays or you'll mm. divide the bill six ways and each person will pay one sixth of the bill. But in, mm. in China, well, how does you it never work, get separate bills. Huh. You will you will pay the other person back. Right. So, yeah, even even though mm-hmm. even in, in a situation where you are amongst peers and good friends and, you know, you pay for yourself, uh, you will never ask the waiter for separate bills. That's very very unusual and could be perceived <laughs> as being rude <laughs> yeah oh. but you guys you guys do fight for the bill i've seen this like activity where it's like no no i'm paying right. oh no no you I'm think paying. they're fighting and they're actually just that, that's a situation when somebody is actually paying yeah. for the meal yeah but but if there's an understanding that mm. you each pay for your own meal even then somebody will settle the bill first and then you you pay him back afterwards yeah it's very very strange in china Mm. to ask the the waiter for separate bills they probably i'm not even sure the waiter will be like they really don't get along (laughs) well i'm not even sure if the pos system is set up to to be able to do that because the bills are according to table yeah Right. And also, it usually works like this, like with your coworker or your friends. If I treat you this time, usually the next time the other person would know that it's his mm. turn. And then there might be a little bit of, you know, put on struggle to fight over the bill. But both know that it's the other person's turn. <laughs> yeah. Unless, unless, you know, uh, you know, he did a fa- he did you a favor and you were asking him out. So I think in China, you need to be careful. Mm. When you ask people out, like when you ask people out, when you invite somebody to dinner, that means you are paying yeah, for this. Yeah. 
if you don't have that ready, don't ask anybody out. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, I, th- I, th- I think, you know, in the West, you differentiate through the way you request their company. So if I were to say, hey, I'm me and my wife, were going out to dinner. Would your wife and be interested in maybe mm. joining us? That might be we're paying for ourselves. But if I say, I would like you and your wife to come out with my wife and I to go to like such and mm. such place on Friday night, that would indicate I'm formally inviting you and I'm probably going to be the one paying. So it's very like the wording on the how you like structure your grammar indicate yeah. who's paying. Right. But in China, you still need to be careful. Like if you if I invite you and your wife out for dinner, yeah. I would assume that I'm paying for this. I wouldn't expect you to share mm. the bill. Otherwise, I just go with my, you know, my family. <laughs> I wouldn't invite you. <laughs> you know, if I invite yeah, you, I'm yeah. ready to pay for the meal. Mm. <laughs> so it would be odd. Let's say if you in, you invite me and then at the end of the meal, like we have to split the bill. In China, that's kind of like, huh? Yeah. In fact, <laughs> so, our language, it, it's structured yeah. that way, right? Yeah. When you say, uh, yeah, it both means an invitation to dinner as well as it means I'm buying you dinner, right? Mm. Yeah. So, so yeah, you, you do have to be a, a little bit careful. But again, like, like Bebe was saying earlier, if you're a foreigner in China, <laughs> yeah, people won't take offense. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't, right, right. I don't want to actually be disagreeable because I agree based on my experience that if I have my own soup, that it's my own soup, but there is an exception to right. that. And I think a lot of mm. expats and Chinese people take for granted how few American people really know about what is hot pot? So, this oh, is an instance in which we kind of share a soupy-like substance. I think by now, uh, especially in the U.S., most people would have uh, had some idea what a hot pot is. I, I would imagine. I think maybe, mm. but you know, I can think of my own family have never been to hot pot. None of them, none of my members of my core family, <laughs> all five of them have never been right. to a hot pot scenario. So they wouldn't, they mm. wouldn't really know. Maybe they've just seen it. So I thought we could go over how this works. So I actually just went to Heidi Lao two or three days ago, but actually mm. I prefer, I mm-hmm. prefer Shabu Shabu. But like, there's all these, Mm. they're all kinds of smaller, you know, mom and pop kind of places too. So there's Mm. lots of places people go and it's a very common like dining scenario for people to sit around a communally very hot boiling flavored tub or bowl of a pot of water that is like has different like seasonings in it. And then you order food that goes inside. So you order like strips of beef and you order vegetables, mushrooms and other things to put inside. And then everyone takes them and they have this tiny small bowl that is filled with, is this sesame sauce? That I'm is not sesame sure. sauce. Yeah, I, I, I have to point out one thing, Jason. Yeah, there are actually uh, uh, many different types of hot pot in China. Yeah, so what what you just described is more along the lines of uh, what was popular mm, 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 in, in southwestern China, the Xi'an Chongqing hot pot, where the soup base is usually very spicy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but for example, the uh, the real local hot pot in Beijing, mm-hmm. the uh, the soup base basically tastes of nothing it's it can be clear. water with a mm-hmm. yeah it, it's usually clear they they have a couple of slices of ginger spring onions and and that's it because mm. you want to taste the meat mm. right yeah so and and that's usually done over a, uh, a coal-fired mm. uh, 
I don't know what copper the proper pot? name for it, but it, it mm. yeah, a copper pot with a chimney up the middle. Uh, mm. I've seen that in movies, yeah, but I've actually not had that. Nah, yeah. Just to sidetrack a little bit, yeah, you learn physics by having a meal like that because when <laughs> yeah, seriously, because uh, what what happens if if the uh, the heat is getting a bit low? Mm. They get a longer chimney out and stick it on top. A longer <laughs> chimney will fan the flame, right? <laughs> so they they have this <laughs> copper longer chimney if 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 your your pot is not hot enough a waiter would come out with a taller chimney stick it on top <laughs> of the, the the chimney that and the flame will suddenly become much stronger mm. yeah that's physics right <laughs> but 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 that's sidetracking <laughs> well, i never thought about it that way <laughs> yeah but uh, where i where where i grew up in hong kong again a mm. uh, hot pot is done in in multiple different ways that uh, there's sometimes uh with uh flavored soup base and right. sometimes uh with just just water mm -hmm. yeah because you you really want to to taste the the, the meat i've been told that the uh mm. the 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 Citron hot pot mm -hmm. is 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 made this mm -hmm. way because it was the food of the lower class, the laborers, the poor people, mm. and they didn't have uh, access to fresh meat. Oh. And, and a lot of times, they they actually eat the internal organs, the mm -hmm. offal, right? Mm. And and there's a certain uh, slightly unpleasant odor depending on on your taste. So the the spice actually huh. covers a lot of that up, right? And also now because yeah. where they live, right. like, yeah. And also where they live, like Sichuan mountainous areas, it's very humid. So they're used to eating spicy food yep. to drive out the dampness in their, like, internal dampness. So they will eat this even in the summer um, because it's so humid. They need, they, they need a heat to force the internal dampness out. Uh, basically, by sweating. <laughs> yep, yeah. So they're so used yeah, that's to that. a, Yeah, that's another topic. <laughs> yeah, that's a concept in in Chinese medicine. Yeah, yeah. You you, you want to force out, but I think I think uh, in more practical terms that uh, you know the Western audience would understand it. In a really hot and humid environment, you mm. lose your appetite. Oh, right. If you have spicy food, it helps you. It it increases your appetite. Right, food right. tastes better. Mm. You, you you taste. It, think of Indian right? food, right? yeah, and also just on yeah, yeah. On the hot pot nowadays. If you go order, usually you get to pick the soup base, mm -hmm. so you can pick clear, and as Morris said, there'll be a, a few slices of ginger and spring onion, and then you can pick mushroom. So there'll be a little bit of that's, dried mushroom. That's the one I, the I usually choose is the mushroom. Like, yeah, oh, yeah, it's very light. It doesn't really have much of other taste. And then uh, somewhere, some point in history, they started this tomato soup base. And you get this in Heidi Lao. So you basically have a pot of like tomato soup <laughs> and in which you dip in the other yeah. things. And then there are the, the spicy and the like crazy spicy, you know, depending on your tolerance for Individual spiciness. bowl, but we didn't quite finish. There's like sesame paste that looks like, I'm sorry to say because I'm American, it looks like peanut butter. Don't say it. It does. Anyways, <laughs> oh, oh, okay. it, look, it looks like peanut butter. And it tastes uh, like Then you have like a, mm -hmm. a salad bar kind of area where you can add right. all like hot peppers or like little bits of green onion or like uh coriander all kind yeah all these different things so they're like 18 other choices yeah that, that's chinese fusion for you because the <laughs> what, what you describe as uh, uh like peanut mm. butter again that's sesame paste 
right? So you ground out sesame, and and sesame is very oily, so that there's mm-hmm. some oil just naturally comes out when you grind sesame, right? But that is basically the uh, the traditional source for a Beijing hot pot, right? The Shanyang rou. Mm. Yeah, and it's set up that way because there are other spices, right? There's a, like like uh, chopped up, finely chopped up a chive and right. spring onions and 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 garlic and sesame oil and sometimes if you if you prefer spices, mm. even you know chili oil and stuff like that. I I understand. I'm no expert on this, but I understand that the uh, traditional source for a uh, a proper Sichuan or Chongqing hot pot is actually just sesame oil with some mm. garlic, some minced garlic at the bottom of it. Mm. Uh, I've been told the theory is that if the hot pot soup base is is really really spicy, mm. right? Uh, you want to be able to enjoy the spice, but mm-hmm. if it's too if it's too spicy, as soon as you put it in your mouth, you don't have time to to enjoy it. So you coat it with a very thin coat of sesame oil. That's why you dip it in sesame oil before you put it in your mouth. That's <laughs> yeah. the way it was explained. And it tastes good. Oh yeah, it tastes good. Some people think that if you eat something spicy, you you water it down, and that will help. Actually, you need something oily because something like the the things in the spice in the spicy chili peppers. They bond with oily stuff. They huh. don't bond with water. So if you drink, like some people drink yogurt, if they get, you know, accidentally. Yeah, that's what they bring you really at Heidi Lao. When you order it's, the really spicy one, they yeah. bring right. you little pouches of yogurt. They're like, here, you're going to need help this. You. <laughs> yeah, to like comfort your tongue. <laughs> so like water doesn't really do it. Like for mm. that instant, you will feel better because it's colder. But actually oily, something oily will uh, actually carry that away. Hmm, yeah, interesting. And also, I just want to say something about peanut butter and sesame paste. Um, <laughs> you don't see peanut butter as much. I mean, we have it. No, not really. But, yeah, it's yeah, in the but store. There yeah. are there are these peanut butter and sesame mixture kind of paste. But when we see it, like when Chinese people see it, we think of it as <laughs> fake sesame paste. <laughs> like they substituted peanut butter in their sesame paste. It's like it's like adding <laughs> yeah. water to your wine, you know. <laughs> mm, mm. Um, sesame paste has a has a stronger flavor to it, and it's very right. very yeah. popular in many different ways. Yeah, and but but the great thing the great thing about hot pot is doesn't matter which part of China, what type of hot pot. Uh, the very nature of it means that the hot pot dinner is always social. Yeah. I, in fact, uh, mm. you know, from my own experience, if you're having a hot pot dinner, you spend probably half the dinner standing up on your feet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, we joke that it, it goes down better. Right. But yeah. Yeah. But a hot pot dinner is always social. Yeah. something now we're on to the social aspect of it i mm. want to ask jason and also morris so when it comes to drinking there are two things that i think um are different between mm-hmm. uh, chinese and western culture and um, first of all in china you don't really drink alone mm. unless mm. 
Like if you see someone drinking alone, that's like, oh gosh, yeah, what happened? Yeah, sad, like yeah. it's either like a divorce. <laughs> yeah, it's like either a divorce or like bankruptcy. Yeah. It's <laughs> on that scale. Well, let's say sad. Let's Especially, say sad. Yeah. Yeah. Sad. Okay. It doesn't doesn't happen often. Um, and also drinking without like a meal, drinking without food mm. and peanut peanuts, like nuts doesn't count. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, cause I, my understanding is in the West, if you go to a bar, you know, you, you order your drink and then they'll give you some side dish, right? A little something, but no, like a plate of pasta. <laughs> That's not bar food. But mm. in China, it's like you drink with food. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Am I right, Morris? Like you don't really just like drink for like these two things are. For me, for us, you're it's mostly hard to right because in in our culture, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously, nowadays, yeah, I think even in the West, right? If you're drinking alone, that conveys a kind of sadness, right? And in in China, particularly mm-hmm. so. And and you're also right, yeah. Nowadays, we usually drink with food. If you cast your mind back mm-hmm. to to the old days, right, hundreds of years ago, these poets, right, all they need is a uh, is oh, a clear clear poets. moonlit night and and you know they will they will drink alone and come up with this nice poem yeah so that's that's it that doesn't happen anymore at least i not not in my social circle we, right that's yeah. why they are the poets that that they're yeah. the weird ones yeah. <laughs> i mean in america you do have context where it's not just sad like people go to like a sports bar like and they sit alone to watch a sports game maybe they're with their friends maybe they're not so mm. they might just be having a beer or two or a lot of people in their own home will just like it's some oftentimes the cliche is a man would just mm-hmm. sit on his couch and have a beer or two and watch television presumably the game whatever that is oh that's different that's at home yeah that's, yeah and also the other thing is drinking with people you don't know mm. you know that's something hard for my family to understand we don't really get the bar culture we get drinking with people you know because you know chinese people they drink uh, at banquets mm, with yep, mm. your friends and family people you know or people they bring the people they know but it's never like oh let's go to a party there are a bunch of people we don't know so let's go there and drink <laughs> with them that's like absolutely odd yeah yeah totally <laughs> you know what I, mean, agree. I don't know if totally that's entirely agree. true in china guys I, I have to disagree really the younger chinese generations okay do there's go, a different generation they yeah. do go to the bar and they do try to meet people that don't they don't already know because i've been on mm. the other side of that i've been the expat in the drinking establishment and they're like a group of chinese people <laughs> are like they'll literally say things like can we come drink with you you know because like, oh. <laughs> it's a different language, I guess. And so, yeah, it's like, yeah, sure, why not? And so then suddenly there's a big group of expats and Chinese people, like, who just met each mm-hmm. other hanging out. And I think it's like a kind of an, a younger generational kind of thing. Yeah, but no, I think it's more to do with you being an expat, right? They uh-huh. want, probably want to, yeah, to, yeah, to, yeah. to learn English, practice, practice their English, English yeah. <laughs> and, and learn about your way of life. Learning about mm-hmm. other culture. Yeah. But it, right. it, it, it but like they wouldn't do that with yeah, Chinese. Yeah, I, I would people. say very rarely. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But in my professional life, yeah. you actually turn that around, right? So you ask customers to go out drinking with you. You you've only known them for two days, mm-hmm. uh, to try to to get to know them mm-hmm. to build oh, build yeah, rapport, yeah, yeah. right? Well, that's called yeah. <laughs> yeah. work drinking. Yeah. That sounds so hard. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you get paid to do that, but. 
in your daily yeah. life. Before you we know. leave the subject of uh, drinking with food, I have a very interesting story to tell, mm, which my mm, dad mm. told me when I was young. Sure. Yeah, because my dad grew up in, in a different age, right? He's from the Shandong province, right? And uh, there was a period of time when people in, in his uh, hometown, uh, areas around his hometown were very poor. So he actually told me this story when he was very young. He's, he's seen it himself, right? Where you go into these uh, mm-hmm. small roadside restaurants and there's a poor laborer. Yeah, he can't really afford to have a, a lavish meal. So he, he probably just had a bowl of rice mm. or whatever. And in Shandong, it's more likely to be a mantou, right? Steamed bread. And then mm-hmm. he would order himself some, you know, Chinese rice wine, but he doesn't have any food to go mm. with it. And apparently it was a done thing that uh, you mm. see a neighboring table. Mean? They've ordered some relatively nice food and you ask to borrow mm-hmm. their food. And what then happens is they will allow you to take one of their dish, yeah, whatever meat dish or whatever, mm. and put it in front of you and you drink to it, right? <laughs> you don't actually, yeah, really? you know, my dad told me this, this was a done <laughs> thing. So actually poor people will actually borrow a dish from a neighboring table so that they, they can pretend that they have uh, food to go along with that the alcohol. Wow. That is That's sad. sad. Yeah. <laughs> that is like back I remember when I was a kid and there are times when your neighbors would have more delicious dinner than you do, right? Back in the days because people I remember when I was little people lived closer together like apartment buildings. So you can smell your neighbor's dinner. And sometimes what they were cooking would be much better than what you had that night. <laughs> and you would, you know, with your bowl of rice and imagine that, that you're eating whatever they were eating. But <laughs> yeah, but it, it wasn't because, you know, uh, we didn't have anything. It's just on certain days they have something better. Mm-hmm. And other days we have something better. Yeah. But that, that's yeah. a sad yeah, story. Yeah. Well, you have to remember, my, my dad is in his uh, late 80s. So that was a long, long time ago. Mm. He saw that when he was young. Right. Now everybody's concerned with eating too much or too much nutrients. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I kind of wanted to talk about a little bit about fine dining. So we've been talking about banquet dining, which can be like equated with fine dining. Mm. In the West, I remember being a kid, I looked at a map of Sacramento, which Mm. was not too far from where I was living at the time. And on the map, there was a place that was like a huge place that was like for going to learn how to do fine dining. And I was like, well, this is peculiar. Like this like university for fine dining exists where you send like apparently your kids to go learn how to have etiquette, which fork and which spoon to use. And you guys were talking about the chopsticks that are provided for using for the table and Mm. for using yourself and like cheering with each other and like filling each other's tea and by Joe and things. Mm -hmm. You know, it seems to me based on my experience in, in, in the United States, States and in China that because of all of the peculiarities of the rules and the like up like the uh, hoity-toity <laughs> kind mean? of like way that hoity-toity? really it, it means like a very fine dining style kind of like way oh. of eating in certain so- circumstances it kind of takes the joy oh. out of being together whereas in China when you're sitting mm-hmm. around the big table like you do have these rules you can break these rules people kind of don't care a as nice long as person. you're yeah. being nice and you know a nice person and it, really it's about 
Let's exactly. have a good time. Let's be jovial together. And so there's a huge difference, even in like the highest kind of fine dining in China versus that in the West, which is borrowed from Europe. It's like people in China really just want to, okay, we're going to get together and we're going to create right, a moment right. together of happiness where everyone remembers that we were all smiling and laughing right. at the same time. And I think that's a huge kind of like, there can be a difference there. Obviously, in the middle class, I think it's more or less the same people getting together, having a good time in the u.s and, mm -hmm. and, and, and china but like it does seem like all of these weird rules in the really fine dining in the west kind of suck the joy wait out what's of these the term you events? use whole whole hoity 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 that's like titanic let, scene let, let's right? substitute that with one word the pre pretentious, pretentious. Oh. yeah pretentious <laughs> so <laughs> okay, wait sure. that reminds sure, yeah. me of the titanic yeah. scene Remember when Jack mm, went to mm, eat mm, with yeah, yeah, Rose yeah, yeah. and, you know, yeah. he, he was learning on the spot, like what fork to use. But then, you know, mm. I think everybody knows. Everybody knows that everybody else is just pretending. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, I think there's another aspect, right? If you're really talking about fine mm. dining, really formal environment and really expensive meal and so on, mm. uh, there's actually mm. less chance of you making a, a mistake in terms of so-called dinner etiquette because you would have mm. everything served onto your plate by a waiter, mm, mm, right? You wouldn't ah, need to reach mm, out and grab food from the communal plate. The waiter would actually prepare portions onto your, your plate and then serve it up to you. So there's much less mm. of an opportunity for you to make a mistake. Mm. Since mm. this chat is supposed to be about dining etiquette, I, I just want to touch on some basics, right? What, mm -hmm. what I went over earlier was about formal, like a business environment, your most important guest sitting to your right mm, and so on. Mm. Yeah. And if he's important enough, you would concede your whole seat to him, right? And you sit on his right. Mm. Yeah. But at home, a lot of so-called Chinese dinner etiquette comes from the home, right? You have to observe that. Uh, mm. Again, it right. is second nature, right? For example, right, right? right, right. you never pick and choose, right? Say if it's a dish of, mm. uh, you know, shredded chicken and celery, you, if you like chicken and you don't like celery, it's very rude for you to <laughs> use your chopsticks and pick and choose, you know, scrape away the celery the and, and only pick the chicken mm. out of it. Yeah, that is extremely rude. Huh, I didn't know that. Ooh, I've been, I've been doing that wrong for years. Thank you, yeah, Morris. Because uh, <laughs> uh, when I was growing up, my grandma who passed away like uh, 20 years ago, yeah, he had this, I still remember to this day, he had this mm. big jade ring on his finger. If I did that, that mm. jade ring would come down on the back of my head and I'll have a little bump. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, so... Goodness yeah, me. So a lot of the Chinese dinner etiquette actually, you know, there's no separate etiquette for mm. so-called fine dining. It's observed at home, right? Yeah, that reminds me. Another thing that's important, mm, mm, though it's second mm. nature, so don't we don't really think about it, is that uh, supposedly you don't start eating until the oldest person in the family mm, has started right. eating. Like when or they indicate you may. I've seen that at a banquet table. Like they weren't going to start, but right. they were like, yeah, you right, guys right, start. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and Jason will be like, I don't need your permission. <laughs> <laughs> I already started. Anyhow. The duck's gone, guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. So I, I thought of this because, you know, when I take my daughter uh, back to his grandparents, like his dad's side and at family dinners, uh, if you don't tell the kids, they wouldn't know. They'll just start eating. Mm. But, you know, uh, year after year, I still have to remind her that wait until grandma and grandpa, they picked up their chopsticks and they pick something mm, and a mm, lot of times 
um, they do that just so that the other that the kids can start eating. Um, they will always say that, oh, please start, please start. But we will ask our kids to wait until they actually picked up their chopsticks, pick something, whatever it is. Mm. And then that means the meal can start yeah. now. But, you know, it's so common that we don't really think about this. That's we feel like we don't have any etiquette, but actually we do, huh, Morris? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's actually a <laughs> yeah. lot of uh, etiquette that's sort of drummed into you from a very young age. So it becomes second nature. I you guess. don't even think of it as being etiquette, right? Right. And also uh, with these lazy Susans, whenever mm. there's a new dish that comes in, you kind of put on the table and swing it to the oldest person or your honored That's guest. Right. Pick something first and then it goes around. You're usually the last one. See, the another, another reason why uh, with seating, usually, you know, the important person s- is far away from the entrance and there is someone closest to the entrance and that person is supposed to um, help take care of things like yeah, when the waiter, the bill. when the waiter or waitress brings <laughs> in a new dish, yeah, things like that. Yeah. So, um, there's another usually a young person or you know middle aged who takes the responsibility. Yep, yep. That's right. Yeah, mm-hmm. but, uh, but yeah, <laughs> Jason's like, hmm, <laughs> what have I done wrong? <laughs> you know, I thought when I began this because I've already written two different blogs on this in the past. I thought oh, I've got this down, but I've learned so much from you two <laughs> that I oh, wow, I'm going to have to write it. Well, <laughs> you know, uh, taking it a step further, you know what I was saying about picking and choosing only stuff that you like from a dish. Yeah, uh, when mm-hmm. I was growing up in my family, it would be rude if you have a big. When the dish is being served first, so it's pretty full. Yeah, it would be rude even for you to stand up and go to the backside of the dish and 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 grab something. You you should just grab whatever is facing you, right? Oh, yeah, right, yeah. Right, and right. you definitely yeah. don't pick and choose. Right, and the worst thing you can do is mix the dish with your chopsticks or with the communal right. chopsticks. You know, kind mm. of some people have yeah. that habit, and also a. Uh, now that you mentioned this, Jason, because your wife is Chinese and you go to her hometown, I mm, suppose, mm. you know, uh, once in a while. Mm-hmm. And the uh, one thing important about Chinese culture is what we consider, who we consider to be Chinese. It's not just your nationality. And actually, nationality is not the most important thing. Let's say you've been here for like, you know, 20 years. You've learned all these details. You've like felt it and you've integrated them into your own culture. And someday they will start considering you as a Chinese person. Like if you know, (laughs) like seriously, if you know all the things like the things we talked about, Morris and I talked about Hmm. as second nature today, one day it will be they will become second nature to you. Hmm. And by that time, by that time. Your nationality, like what your passport, where your passport is from, doesn't matter anymore. The Chinese people will consider you Chinese because you've adapted, you've learned the culture. I think in our in our hearts, that's what how you know we judge if, if someone yeah. is Chinese, mm. not by nationality. Yeah. yeah, it's a so Chinese is a cultural thing. You Thank know? you both for that. We are so out of time, though. I wish we could continue this we conversation. Are. Yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> well. Morris, I want to say it's so nice chatting to you. It's so much fun. It just went by. No, I enjoyed it so much that I didn't realize an hour is up already. (laughs) We'll do this again. We'll talk to you guys next time. Okay. Well, thank you, Morris. Thank you, Jason. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you you so much for for giving me this opportunity (laughs) to come and share. Yeah, it's been so much fun. We'll see you guys. Thank you. Bye-bye.